0: Represent all kinds of people, and uh, you know, I guess the good point part about that, though, is you know where I'm coming from, at least, mm-hmm. right? I'm not trying to, you know, smooth you or anything like that. Right. But, but yeah, so I I need to soften that up a bit.
1: And that's why these forums and stuff are important too. So it gives mm-hmm. you the opportunity to, to say stuff like that. Um, let's see. I have one more question for you. What do you plan to accomplish in your first 30 to 90 days? Like short-term goals, do you have anything?
0: Uh, so if if I'm reelected, um, we're gonna we're gonna get the new assembly up to speed on all of the major issues, and there's a lot of them. So one of the things I brought today was was a book, and this this book we actually approved on Wednesday at the executive lobbying committee. So it's the community of Ketchikan policy issue request for state administrative or legislative action, and basically it's all of our capital projects, it's all of our Uh, policy issues and you can see this thing this thing is long it's like 88 pages of projects (laughs) so we have to get the assembly up to speed on this because there's going to be new people and they're not going to have any clue for example that we're requesting money for nicholas view service road construction and so we're going to have to say this is why we're doing it and this is what it does it gets us access to 158 acres it'll bring 88 building lots online so that's that's the kind of stuff that we have to get them up to speed on a very short order. I mean, that's really the benefit of experience is that staff doesn't have to keep t- teaching people this stuff over and over again. But we'll 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 get with them, we'll get them up to speed on these things. And then those issues become our advocacy items. So then we take this book, we give it to our legislators in Juno, we take it with us or elements of it when we go to other places. And we say, this is what we want you to do for us. And every year they go through that book and they'll pick a couple things out and we'll get, you know, for example, money for the airport. or We'll get money for roads or we'll get Saxman wants money for a fire truck or the city wants money for, you know, replacing water mains, things like that. So we the three, the three governments um, work together on Wednesday. We approve that project book and those policy issues. And that's what we're going to run with next Is, year. Is um,
1: this book or information available to the public anywhere?
0: You can. You can go into the borough offices and they can show you where you can get a copy. If they have a copy, they'll just give it to you.
1: That's awesome. That's um, super cool.
0: It's a big, it's a big book, but it'll, it'll really let you know how much we're working on at any one time. Now, we prioritize the top three projects, but we send them all of the projects for funding. It's, it's, it's complicated, and, and we know we're not going to get them all funded, but you know, we'll get as many as we can.
1: Okay. We have about 25 minutes. So are there any specific projects or things that you want to address?
0: So, you know, uh, people always ask about housing, right? Housing issues. So I just want you to know that the the Assembly is working in that direction. And once again, I should say, I, I should have given a disclosure at the beginning of this. These are just my opinions. I'm not speaking for the Assembly. Right. The Assembly can speak for themselves, but I'll give you my impression of what I think the Assembly is important to them. And I don't think they would have a problem with me saying that housing is an issue, right? Right. Because everybody talks about housing. That's
1: pretty common knowledge, yeah.
0: So the the big thing for us is we know that um, we hear from developers that a nice lot can run as high as $150,000. Developing that lot, putting in all the utilities um, can run up to another $150,000, depending on rock work and other things. So in some cases, you can have $300,000 just in a basic lot before you even put up a two-by-four. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to do is we need to find ways to reduce development costs and open up land so that developers will come in and it will be cost effective for them to build housing people can afford and so that's what we're doing and we i've met with the governor now a couple times uh, the governor has pledged to help with utilities uh, road construction so we do have some requests that have gone to the governor for example, for state land that we don't have, but we need so that we can do road realignment projects. And once we can realign some roads, then we can open up subdivisions. So we've got, like I said, the one at Nicholas View we're asking money for, we're asking for $10 million for that. We've got one at Mudbite Service Area Road Construction and Improvement Project. We're asking for about $4.1 million on that one. Um, We've got, for example, we've got Mountain Point Wastewater Treatment Plant upgrades. That's another $4 million. And um, we're looking at improvements to our schools. So we've got a request for half a million dollars to fix show middle school gym floors. So we just have, we've got so many things we're working on. Um, the airport is a big one, right? So we've got basically $100 million worth of projects just under over at the airport. Ferry terminal expansion. We're looking at... Um, floor, exterior improvements in the airport, improving baggage handling uh, issues in the baggage handling area, um, that that right there is 1.2 million. And then we also look at issues that are important to the city in Saxman because our job as the borough is to help them succeed as well. So we've got, for example, one of the things Saxman really wants to do is they want Uh, totem harbor planning and I'll show you this picture I mean look at that beautiful port they want to put out there and right 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 across yeah over kind of in the seaport area okay so just to plan all that out that's 6.2 million dollars right and that's for um, environmental permitting surveying design and contract and that's kind of like their first step in that project so we've got stuff going on all the time. It we're sounds like a staying lot of stuff, yeah. busy, right? We're going to take advantage of every last federal dollar that we can get because we know there's a lot of COVID money going out there. There's a lot of infrastructure money.
1: There are um a couple um I, I'm not sure what to call them, um, housing developments happening. I went to one of the Gro Ketchup it sounds like there were like two or three going on. Um, which which should help a little bit. I'm not incredibly informed. I went to like one meeting. <laughs> but um, I wanted to piggyback off of something you said for COVID. And again, I'd forgive me if this is more of a city issue. Um, but I know as somebody who has to go around and talk to a lot of business owners and things that nobody can get... Um, People working right now. Right. It's kind of a vague question, but do you have ideas to get people back into the workforce? Because it's it's very interesting. You would think that people would be coming back already, because a lot of the funding for you know at least personal people getting checks and stuff has stopped. So um, everyone's kind of at a loss.
0: So I was at an AML conference in Sitka here about a month ago, and that issue came up. And there was actually a, a UAA economist that was there as well, and they're speculating that. There was so much pent-up demand. There were so many people that were pretty much just walled in, s- stuck in their homes, couldn't travel, that it really convinced a whole lot of people that were eligible to retire to retire all at the same time. Mm. In the past, people would be like, well, you know, maybe I'll work an extra year or two here, a year or two there. And the the retirements were more orderly and transitioned. But what we're really seeing or what they're saying they're seeing out of COVID, one of the things is that it just really convinced a whole lot of people that life is short. I need to go live my life right now. So you get this mass exodus of people kind of at the top of their profession. And as they leave, you get all these people that are moving into their places. And it's leaving a lot of the entry-level jobs mm-hmm. open. And so what we need to do is we need to get the young people in there to fill some of those entry-level jobs. Um, but you know, a lot of the young people, they're, they want to go out and explore the world too. Right. We think that it's going to start to turn around this fall, right? So people got out and they're doing the cruises, they're doing the independent traveling, they're going to the fishing charters. But we really think that here towards the fall, people are going to be like, okay, I got it out of my system, I got to travel. Uh, now I got bills to pay because inflation's really high. I should get back to work. So if that all happens, and if inflation really stops going through the roof, then we should have better employment numbers. Uh, next spring
1: okay very cool that's interesting yeah because that's been a very long running issue like literally since i Mm -hmm. started here i I hear that consistently we actually have a package here for for hiring like a specific commercial package for people because they just can't get people in
0: let me run by a really cool idea that i i had this conversation with some some citizens here not too long ago and it's kind of one of those bold ideas that i think that if we were all to get together on it we might could do something about it. There's so many different groups that need housing. Uh, You go talk to the hospital, they need housing. You go talk to various nonprofits; they need housing. Um, Businesses that want to bring people here, they all need housing. And a lot of them have federal money. A couple million here, a couple million there. And we know that we need places that people can afford. So one of the ideas that's starting to come up is let's have a big Let's do something big like a big Tongass Towers, right? Because think about this. If we didn't have the Tongass Towers, can you imagine how bad our housing would be right now? Right. Those places hold a lot of people. Why don't we build another one?
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and if everybody has a couple million dollars, let's build a big apartment complex, like a big one, that could be affordable, that, you know, people could come in, seasonal people, locals, um, and then we would just, we would create such a, a massive amount of um, low-income housing, I think, that it would give us time to catch up on single-family residential. So that's just kind of one idea that, you know, some bold idea that we might uh, talk about during the upcoming Why is session. that
1: bold? It seems like a pretty good idea.
0: Well, it takes so much money, right? Mm-hmm. It's It requires mass amounts of investors and millions of dollars and you have to put in a whole lot of money before you see one dollar come out of that. So, and, and, you know, realistically we're probably going to have some supply chain issues with trying to get everything to build it and finding the contractors to build it. So it's, it's not something that would be easy, but it's something that, you know, is worth looking into some really bold idea to really make an impact, you know, for a long time.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. Cause yeah, I'm you know, even Juno has a couple of those buildings, and I know that they were talking about doing this developmental stuff. But it always is, you know, houses and stuff like that, which is they're very, very expensive. That's part of the issue. I live in an apartment; and it's it's insane, <laughs> and it's just this tiny one up on Grant. So, yeah. Well, well,
0: here's another thing to think about, right? So, every time we take like a step forward to try to address a housing issue, we run into a couple of new things that put us a couple steps behind. So we've got interest rates for mortgages now approaching 7%. So we've got the cost of, of some, the, some of the cost of building materials are coming down a little bit like lumber, but it's still so expensive to build. Now you throw the mortgage on top of that, you have to have a pretty good job to be able to afford that house, even if it's tiny. So I just think that uh, while we're waiting maybe for those other economic factors to stabilize, we should probably be looking at high density housing.
1: Okay, this is going to be very vague, and I didn't write anything um, specific. And I, I was telling him before this, I like to be very prepared and have my questions written out. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about like educational issues in schools. Can you give me any opinion on on the stuff going on with education? Ideas you have? People were talking about, um, you know, maybe wanting to implement like some trade schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, again, vague, but.
0: <laughs> so you've got three bodies. You've got the. The school board, you've got the district, and you've got the borough. The borough's part of this is to, to be the moneymakers, to mm. fund it, right? So we really don't have a lot of input into the process. And so, honestly, I try to stay out of that because that's the wheelhouse of the school board and the district. They're going to get together. They're going to determine policy, what they think is best. The borough, we have to figure out how much we can afford to fund and a way to fund it and that's kind of where we come in
1: okay okay see and i'm, I'm kind of deciding or not deciding, realizing what borough is and what city is this has been this whole this whole political season has been so educational for me. Once again, 907 247 2000 if you would like to call in for Rodney Dial. Um this I know this is not something you want to touch specifically on, but I think that you should have the chance to say it um on air again for everybody. Sure. Um you were asked about Prop 2 when we were doing our forum mm-hmm. and you had a pretty good answer as to why you don't really want to get involved in that. Do you want to go ahead and Yeah say absolutely it
0: again? first thing I need to make sure that Everybody knows is there once again the difference between the borough and the city. So the the whole event that went on at the library that was a city issue. Yes. We had no input at all at the borough. Which I, I think was, it's
1: very confused because I've heard lots of misinformed um, opinions on it. So oh that
0: yeah, was very people have been like, me. "You had a part in that." I was like, "I literally had no part in that. I wasn't even asked my opinion on that." Uh, but but anyway, uh, um, because this is a citizens' initiative and because I'm currently an elected person. Uh, especially because I'm the mayor, it's not appropriate for me to comment on it, right? Uh, There's a time for me to comment, and that time is before things become an initiative. When it's an initiative, you have to understand that's the final redress for the public when they feel that their government's not listening to Mm -hmm. them. So now if they're saying, okay, you're not listening, we're doing this initiative, and I was to say, no, I'm going to try to convince you one way or the other. It's just inappropriate for me to do that. Now, that being said, if this were to pass, the Assembly does have other options regarding funding. So my opinion is that regardless of what happens at the ballot box, the library will not see a cut in funding. So I know that everybody is very passionate about this and and there's um, you know strong beliefs on both sides. I'll say that, you know, as mayor, I've always supported full funding of the library. You can check the records, that's true. And as far as both sides, I've told both sides, I'm not gonna get involved in this. I I want the government to not be involved in these things. I want us to, seriously, we we have to focus on some pretty big issues and the government just does not need to be involved in this. So uh, anyway, if it does pass, I would say to the people, it's so far in the future before you would even see a funding cut that the assembly has plenty of time to look at other options.
1: Okay, that's good to know too. And then, it was interesting. I just found that out recently as well. I've been this has been a, an incredibly hot button issue, um, and I don't want to use the term blown out of proportion, but just just highly you know mm-hmm. um, advertised. I'll put it that way. Um, that being said, I didn't know, and I think a lot of people don't know that um, city residents actually can't vote on Prop Two. Is that correct?
0: That's correct because the city funds it. Primarily, I believe, through their sales tax, the, the borough did an area-wide vote to do a property tax. So if you think about it, the people that are in the borough, they're actually paying property taxes in support of the library. And then when they go to town and actually buy groceries or something, they're also indirectly supporting the library. So the practical application, if this initiative were to pass, the practical result would be that the borough just wouldn't collect property taxes for the library anymore. That being said, the assembly could have other options to replace that funding.
1: Okay. So. so no matter what your opinion is, if you are a borough citizen, go out and vote because unfortunately the city citizens cannot on Prop Two. And I know that it's you know a big hot button issue right now. Um, I think that it is uh, probably a good idea to revisit the um, the miscommunication. There are not miscommunication. I guess mis mm-hmm. Representation there was about vetoing the LGBT mm-hmm. stuff because when I was listening to your interview with Joe Williams, I found out a lot that I didn't previously know. Sure. Um, so if because I know that there was a big misconception that it was it was just kind of um, pointed, you know, um, and the way that you described it, I'll just let you describe it because I'm not going to do it properly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's from my perspective. That's one of those issues where if you vote yes or you vote no, it's political, right? Mm -hmm. There were people that were complaining about it to me before I ever got involved in it because they saw that it was coming up on the agenda. From my standpoint, it was really kind of simple, right? And I actually brought a copy of that uh, grant with me today just because this issue does come up. And so you need to understand that when I look at these things as mayor, I look at it more from a funding uh, standpoint uh, than anything. And like I said earlier in this interview, we have a known deficit of $600,000 in the local education fund, so we have to find money for that. What I anticipate that the assembly is going to do is they're going to transfer about $1.2 million out of the general fund into the local education fund. The general fund is what pays for grants. The moment you transfer money out of the general fund, you create a deficit in the general fund. So it's really easy to say we don't have money for certain things. Now, when this grant came across my desk, and like I said, I've got it right here, here it is, so you can see it. This grant said that the borough money would be used for uh, website maintenance, a small amount, uh, $2,688 for food, and $195 for event supplies. And if you go through the grant, it tells you that basically they want to use that to, to throw three events over the course of the year. Now, the grant committee actually awarded them a reduced amount of that. But from my standpoint, there was two main issues. One, we don't have the money for that. We just didn't have the money. Um, we, ha- we could have spent an extra $100,000 on other grants to take care of homeless people, the disabled, people with substance abuse issues. We didn't have enough money. And other other groups had their grants cut too, right? Like Salvation Army got a, a cut to their grant. Um, and, and not only that, if we were going to spend that money, we could have, for example, bought a couple months worth of meals for seniors and low-income people, or we could have done all these different things. And in all of those other groups, there are subset groups of LGBT members, right? So it's not like we, if we gave that money instead to feed low-income people, we're also gonna be feeding low-income LGBT members, right? right? So it, for me, as a, as a bean counter, realizing that we have a deficit, one, uh, we don't have enough money for grants, two, and this is a divisive issue, right? It, like I said, whether I say yes or no, it's gonna divide mm-hmm. people. And so, yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was the heavy on it and I said no, Um, and I'll be the first to admit that, it had nothing to do with if I agree with the um, Pride Alliance or not. I mean, this was not about does the Pride Alliance get to exist, and it was not about do they um, have a benefit to the community. That was not the question. They had existed before without a borough grant, and they would continue to exist without a borough grant. That that being said, um, you know, we have checks and balances in our system, and the assembly acts as a check and balance to the mayor, and the mayor acts as a uh, check and balance to the assembly. The assembly overrode that veto, and they got their grant. So, uh, It's
1: um, it's good information to hear and to have uh, a lot. I feel like a lot of people, not I was going to say my age, but honestly, everybody reads a, a headline or a Facebook post or whatever without all the details, and it's hard to make a... An opinion based off of that, so I, that was very enlightening to me when you when you talked about this with um, Joe Williams.
0: Yeah, there. I mean, these are things that are important to people, and I and I totally get it. Um, and and if you say no, the people will take it personally, whether it is or not. Mm-hmm. And and all I can tell them is it's not personal. Um, you know, some of these groups we have to fundraise, and and listen, uh, if if I am reelected, you'll see that I'll equally apply that, right? Because. And I'll let you in on something. I had a conversation with some citizens here. It's been three, four weeks ago now. And any time you, you have citizens on one side that feel that they're being pushed, they'll push back, right? So I'm respectfully telling everybody I, I was given notice that this group's going to put in grant applications for the next grant cycle. And it's going to probably be things that other people don't agree with. And my stance is going to be the same, right, with that and this, that we need to stay out of these divisive mm-hmm. issues. Let's focus the money on addressing our homeless problems and our substance abuse problems and our seniors and our disabled. And you know, and then we're going to, you know, if we need to maybe help these groups with how they can fundraise individually, I think that's kind of where we've got to go with it. Yep. Otherwise, we're just going to be forever at each other's throats on this every single year and i just don't think that's in our best interest
1: right and i think knowing that other grants were cut and declined at the same time is pretty enlightening also it's a heavy hat to wear oop i think we have a caller one moment hello you're on first city forum with Brittany rickard and ronnie dial
2: hey uh just uh Question: Is it possible for him to come up with the price tag, what we pay the city and the borough for the ooh, homeless problem, drug problems? You know, all the facilities are affiliated to help these people out. What the price tag costs us? It's got to be in the millions, I would think.
0: Yeah, good question. I can tell you that between the borough and the city, it's it's just under a million dollars in grants.
2: Okay. Hurricane okay, grants. Then, if you're looking at the salaries for all these uh, organizations, whether community connections helping these people out or the homeless shelter, their financial charges. You know, like six hundred thousand, whatever. But I'm just kind of curious. It's got to be a couple of million bucks every year for everybody involved to assist and shell out the money. it Sounds like.
0: Correct? Well. I- yeah, absolutely. So if you were to include all the di- different grants, it would definitely be in the millions. A lot of these nonprofits get all kinds of state and federal grants. So if you were to add that up, but I can just tell you the local cost to the local taxpayer. Um, I think we're spending about 400000 on the borough, and I think the city's a little bit more. So I think it's just under a million dollars total.
2: Okay, before we run out of time, we were talking about a housing complex, maybe could have been built, maybe. Uh, what if all the Could the city and the borough actually build it themselves and collect the rent from the federal government where we would pay the rent so that we could pay part of the portion cost that way, collect the rent ourselves instead of somebody else doing it, since we're building it for the homeless and all that?
0: Uh, Well, unfortunately, the borough really doesn't have that power. Our powers have to be given to us by the people. and. Mm Well, over I think the we city, would, you know, like,
2: my ideal would be, like, if we own a compartment complex, we built one. Or, you know, if we built it for these people, like Congress Towers and Marine View, well, they're collecting money for rent for those condos and stuff. Could the city or the borough negotiate with KIC, Plinkett and Ida, the feds, everybody, build a complex and say, well, we'll take the money in from the government that pays the rent subsidies for these people ourselves instead of the private sector. Could that ever be done to get it going, you know, instead of just talking about it all the time?
0: Yeah, un- unfortunately on a borough level, I, our, our staff, and I and I believe I've heard him say this before. Because like the homeless the, the,
2: people, they're not just from the city, they're from the borough side too. We all live together on this rock, you know, so when we're just, you know.
0: Yeah, no, no, I no, I hear you, but but we just don't have the ability to actually be like landlords, and and I we I, we don't have the powers. I think we would have to go to the voters and basically have the voters give us that authority to do
2: that. Um, Maybe you guys could think something like that because you know, like it's never going to get done. We're all going to have this problem until we build low income housing enough for our own people before we get more people from down south coming up and sapping off the money you know instead of supporting our own people first you know that's how i kind of look at it
0: yeah no no i hear you i can tell you one thing that we actually looked into and i was um i was actually looking into this in sitka here about a month ago what they did is they had a nonprofit that agreed to basically um manage a, a project and the The city of Saxman donated land. The Rasmussen Foundation donated money for utilities. And they they basically um, are building tiny homes on this piece of property. And, they're, and it's heavily subsidized so that they can keep the cost down. Now, th- when people can come in, they can buy the home, but they can't buy the land. So there's basically it's a an authority that will manage that going into the future. And when that person actually sells that property, they can't realize all the gain on it. They're limited to how much gain they can um, get on that piece of property. And, and the idea behind that is it will always keep that um, that home affordable, right? It won't allow it to to runaway in costs versus inflation. So we, we are looking into those other things. I just I can tell you, though, that the, the borough really doesn't have the authority to be like a landlord and, and manage its own buildings. What we would want to do is actually provide incentives and work with nonprofits and other organizations that could do that for us. And then we're, we're the supporting role at that point.
2: Okay. Uh, one last thing. Is it possible, like, New York City, I think they had rent control. Could catch Can or, you know, could we actually do that? You know, control the rent, like put a freeze. You can't raise the rent beyond this factor whatever, you know, price tag. That's Is
0: a that good possible? question. I, I can tell you the the political reality of doing that would probably be a no. I think a lot of people would be really upset with us <laughs> if yeah, we tried you, to tell you them. You wouldn't
2: get elected yeah. but at least you're willing to bat at the plate right now and say, okay, we're going to put a freeze on rent for People that can't afford two thousand a month, knock it down to twelve hundred. That's the highest landlords could go. Sure, it's going to piss off everybody. But the greed seems to get richer, and Main Street stays poor, and all that crap. You see it, but we're not doing anything. You know, like uh, like if your kids moved out of your house or whatever. I don't know if they do or don't. Just apples and oranges. Could they afford a thousand, two thousand a month rent? No.
0: Right, yeah, no, I hear you, and that's that's kind of why I talked a little bit about that housing project that we're working yeah, on that um, will open up about 180 lots, because yeah. the plus side of that as well is that it keeps our trades busy for years, right? So we'll get the carpenters and and mm-hmm. all of those folks, the plumbers, electricians, we'll yeah. just keep them busy for years. And yeah, so and, uh,
2: Yeah, I know there's going to be people like not-in-my-backyard people where they want something built by their housing complex that they've built, or it's fancy or whatever, but you've seen that where a lot of things just can't be built because, oh, we don't want that where we live, you know. It's true. I know that is,
1: These are all super, super great questions. Um, they are. I know, would
2: have to be addressed. You know, I, If not, we'll forever have this problem. you know, And it's been going on for 30 years easily. You know,
1: so completely far. agree. I'm, I'm, I hate to cut it short. Yeah, um, we know. have a but minute. For yeah. him to <laughs> no.
2: kick around and for the other people that could have been listening. And yeah. whenever, when he's elected again, you know, he gets to say, hey, we need to do something finally.
1: You know? Right. Yeah, thank you so much for thank calling you. in. Yeah. Right. Bye-bye. We have about a minute. If you'd like to make come some kind of a closing statement. Yeah, those
0: are great questions. I would love to talk about that all day. Maybe you can have me on in the future. Yeah. talking About it, whether or not I get reelected. Um, right. So, like I said, the next year is going to be really difficult. We've got some big expenses. I, I, my argument to you is that I've got six years of experience, so I'm already up to speed on these issues. I don't have to be trained on them. Um, I have the, I have a full time ability to um, pursue these issues and try to bring money into the town you know i don't do it in place of the manager i do it in support of the manager and in support of the assembly i'm on a couple national boards one's the rural action caucus the other is the public land steering committee and those really have a lot of say on whether or not we're going to be able to bring in money for secure rural schools or pilt money and so i would ask let me continue to help you by maximizing our ability to bring that money in, because if if we can't bring that money in, it all has to be generated locally and it's going to be really expensive for people. So I just want to say to the people out there, you know me, um, I've shown you what I can do. We've had stable tax rates for many years. I need your vote. Please help me. And I would say, we need to turn up the dial. And that's pun intended. So, you know, I would really appreciate your vote. Thank you so much. I love
1: that turn up the dial. Thank you so much for tuning into First City Forum on ktcan This has been Bernie Rickard and Ronnie Dial.